to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Welcome to American RVer. We're glad you could join us. On this show, we meet Greg Gerber, news guru of RV Daily Report and Let'sRV.com. Greg was the first person to use the internet to compile RV stories into one subscription service, which is emailed daily. We met up with Greg in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where the Hershey RV show was happening. Let's hear his insights into the RV industry. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. I'm Peggy Gritch and we are in beautiful Lebanon, Pennsylvania at the Hershey RV Park, which is a Thousand Trails Park. It's one of our favorite places in the Northeast and if you haven't had a chance to come here, please do. It's really, really pretty. And of course, fall is here, so the temperature's great. And the other thing that's happening in Hershey this week is the Hershey RV Show, which we're so happy to be at. It's a lot of fun, a lot of RVs, a lot of vendors, a lot of people. So um, if you like RV shows, this is really one you need to come to. But joining me today, which is the purpose of this show, is to introduce you to Greg Gerber with RV Daily Report. Now some of you may have seen his um, news service online at rvdailyreport.com, and maybe some of you haven't, but it is open to the public, right? Anybody mm -hmm. can join RV Daily Report, That's and there's correct. no cost. Nope, they can get a free subscription. Okay, so tell me what that website is, or tell our viewers what that website is. Well, I started in the industry in 2000 as a magazine editor, and the company that I worked with did not see the internet coming, and I tried to persuade them to move some news and feature material online so that people could read it, they refused. They, in fact, they actually told me that there's nobody in our industry who has enough time to be online. And okay. I eventually left that company and started RV Daily Report to be the only, or the industry's first online publication. And we gather all the news that we can find that day, put it into a newsletter, and send it out at 4 o'clock Eastern time. So every day you've got a new newsletter? Every day except Saturday. That's Except right. you get one day off. One day off, that's right. And then you're probably gathering news at that point, so you really don't have a day <laughs> that's off. That's true. <laughs> Where do you get all of your news from? A lot of uh, press releases. Mm -hmm. We also scour the internet for our published stories about companies and RV dealers and campgrounds and RV owners. And so we link to those. We, we are, I guess we'd call ourselves a news aggregator and that we find okay. all the news that's out there and put it in one place for make, make it easier for people to find. So it could be from a TV station or a radio station, station. or a newspaper. Right, yep, exactly. And then we produce our own content as well by going out to places like uh, the Hershey Show and interviewing people and finding out what's new in the industry. Okay, well who have you been interviewing since you've been here? Well, I've uh, been working with Road Trek. They've got some new RVs out there. In fact, okay. uh, their parent company, Heimer, is introducing a travel trailer to the uh, North American RV oh, market. Oh, no kidding, because so, yeah. Road Trek typically is a Class B That's manufacturer. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have some some travel trailers in the Heimer display this Oh, that's this exciting for them. It is. Good. Yeah. And so just uh, out looking to see what's new. Right. And, you know, I know all the RV manufacturers like to see you coming because they're mm -hmm. promoting their 2017 line Correct. at this point. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what's funny about the, or what's good about this show 
is that it's often the first opportunity that people have, consumers have, to see the new 2017 models. Mm -hmm. And the manufacturers are carefully watching consumer reaction and listening to input from the consumers at this show so they can take the feedback back to Elkhart and uh, work it in. If there's any design tweaks that need mm -hmm. to be made, they work that back in. And then come November at the National RV Trade Show, they roll out the finished product. I see. Mm -hmm. So if I'm walking in an RV and I'm saying, oh, I really like that or I don't really like that, somebody might be listening. Exactly. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh huh. Why'd they put this here? Right. <laughs> exactly. right. right. Yeah. What, mm -hmm. was, what were they thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what major changes have you seen in some of the RVs that you've come in for 2017? Has there been well, anything major? Is I haven't had the chance to walk through many of them yet. Okay. I've been pretty much busy. I will start going through the RVs next week at the Elkhart RV Dealers Open House. Uh, all of the manufacturers in Elkhart will have every one of their brand new models on display okay. outdoors at this the, these massive open house displays. Right. So I'll be walking through a couple of those. Oh, that sounds that like time. a lot of fun, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now yeah, They don't really want to see somebody like me at this show because they are, they're inundated right now with consumers. So okay. they'd rather be working with these people. One-on-one -on -one after exactly, you that's know, right. market, yeah. Right. Um, you are based in Phoenix? I am, Sun City, technically, Sun City. which is Northwest Phoenix. Okay. Yep. Why did you choose that location? I had relatives that lived there. Oh, and as soon as that's my, how we all find yeah, our places, right. don't we? Relatives <laughs> or friends, yes. Yeah, uh, my, my now ex-wife and I raised three daughters, and when they went off and started their own life, I knew that I didn't want to spend one more day in Wisconsin winters, so I okay. headed out to Phoenix. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people from Wisconsin and Minnesota head to Phoenix. That's correct. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. So you feel right at home, don't That's you? Right. Yes. Do you live there year round or no. do you live in your RV? I or? live and work in my motorhome. Oh, so no kidding. Last year I was in Phoenix only about six weeks. Okay. And so, yeah. and so how long have you been a full-time RVer then? Since February of 2014. That's when Okay, I, so it's I been that know. two years. Yep. That's right. right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And tell me how you like living full-time in the RV? Well, it can be stressful because there's a lot of work to be done and it drives me crazy to go to beautiful places in the country and do nothing but sit in my office and work and put out press releases and newsletters right. and things like that. But I do enjoy the travel and I love having a different scenery out my window almost I, every week. Yeah, like here, place. we're getting ready to have the fall season and the fall colors That's come. right, exactly. It's so just gorgeous time, breeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It's so beautiful. We were here a month or so ago and it was hot mm -hmm. very hot just like most of the northeast was that's right yeah well, about a month ago i was up in maine and oh. i fell in love with maine i would go back oh. in a heartbeat and spend yeah. a whole month up there yeah, yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. and as you're traveling around the country so you know it's been about two and a half years two years and a couple months um where have you been you mentioned maine i have been to all 50 or 48 continental United States at this point. In two uh, years, that's two pretty years. impressive. Yes. That's mm -hmm. a lot of driving. It is, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and this, in fact, this year is the first time that I have been to all four corners. So I launched out of Phoenix in March and went to San Diego and then up the coast to Seattle and then worked my way to Maine. And now I'm back here in Pennsylvania, heading toward Indiana, then back home to Wisconsin for a bit and then down to Florida. Oh. And I'll winter in Florida for a couple of weeks. Oh, will that be your first yeah. time wintering in Florida? Nope, I was there the first year I went RVing and okay. fell in love with the, uh, the the Gulf Coast side of Florida. 
Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Most of the time I'd spent in that state was on the Atlantic side, the Cocoa Beach and Daytona Beach. And mm -hmm. I hadn't really spent any time in the Tampa to Fort Myers area and really, really appreciate that. Yeah, the mm -hmm. water is so beautiful wherever you are in South Florida. Exactly, yeah. that's right. Did you go down to the Florida Keys? I have, but not in the RV. Okay. I was, it's a long drive. For, it is. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and there aren't a lot of places to park an RV over there. And once you get to uh, Key West, it's very hard to maneuver a right. big motorhome right. pulling a car. So that. what motorhome do you have? We're sitting in front of it I here. have a Winnebago Adventurer in 2003. Mm -hmm. And it's 35 feet long and it's ideal for what I'm doing. Yeah, because we, we divided it up so you side entry door so you go in and everything to the from there forward is the office area, and from there back is the living space. So what has been your most favorite part about being a full-timer now? Uh, like I said, the travel, the ability to go to some of these places that I just love to visit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I wish I could go back more. Like, I, I love the Seattle area yeah. for some reason. I just, that, that always, that was the first vacation I took as a 20-year-old. A train trip from Wisconsin out to Seattle, and I just fell in love with that area. So the ability to go back there and hang out was just, it's just great. And then you pack up and you move to some other place that you would like to, to visit. Mm -hmm. So that's very good. Yeah, I like that about RVing too. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about RV Daily Report and some of the other things okay. that you're doing. Very good. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more of Greg Gerber. Want to replace your halogen or fluorescent lights with cool, energy-efficient LEDs? Then check out www.ledrvlighting.com. They specialize in interior LED RV lighting. With low prices, a good selection, and fast delivery, you can't beat them. You can even get LED tubes that directly replace your fluorescent lights, quick and easy. Go to www.ledrvlighting.com, your best source for RV LED lights. Welcome back to the second half of American RVer. We're here with Greg Gerber from RV Daily Report. Greg, let's talk a little bit about the industry because you probably have a, a pulse of the industry because you're talking to RV manufacturers and campgrounds and dealers people and like suppliers me all the time. Consumers, that's right. Mm -hmm. So what's what's going on? Well, one of the interesting things that has really impacted my career is the fact that I bought an RV and started using it. Mm -hmm. And I got to travel the country and I got to experience it from the perspective of a consumer. Mm -hmm. And I became the only industry journalist to actually own and use an RV as much oh. as I do. Some okay. of them own them and they might take them out for a weekend or two. Right. But I am living and breathing the RV industry at this mm -hmm. point. And I started to talk to people and listen to what folks were saying about some pretty serious problems that were impacting the RV industry. And earlier this summer, I wrote an entire editorial series called The RV Industry Death Spiral. It sounds, oh, dear. It sounds ominous, <laughs> but I said that pretty much that if the industry didn't start working or addressing some of these problems, that there was only about 20 years of viability left. And okay. we've noticed some serious issues in, involving product quality in the industry. That people who are buying brand new RVs are spending an inordinate amount of time, I think, in the repair shop. Mm -hmm. after they buy them mm -hmm. to get things fixed mm -hmm. and when they're fixed they're not fixed correctly the first time mm -hmm. so I think the industry is starting to pay attention to that now and we're starting to see the manufacturers when they're releasing their new models really stressing some of the quality issues that they're putting in there yeah sort of putting in place some more 
or some better quality control before mm -hmm. that RV leaves the factory. That's correct, yes. Yep, and building That's it in. Yep. Awesome. It is, it really is, because they need that. And RV dealers as well, I think, are finally understanding that service is a very important profit center for them and that they should be paying as much attention to service as they do for sales and parts mm -hmm. sales. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see more manufacturers uh, tweaking their service departments so that when people like me have a problem on the road, they don't have to wait three to four weeks to get an appointment. They can come in within the next day or two and get the problem fixed so they can continue their journey. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing if, right. they, if they are able to embrace that. We've also seen campgrounds doing some strange things by taking out RV sites and putting in park models. And so the ability, and they're selling out a lot of campground spaces to seasonal users. Yeah, that's that, both uh, commercial campgrounds that are open to the public and also the membership. Parks. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yep, and even the the government parks. We just wrote. Really? Uh, yep. We just published an article a week or two ago that in Idaho they opened up the reservations for next year and they're already almost booked out. So people oh. in who live in that area they aren't, aren't going to be able to get. You know, it's the idea of coming home exhausted on Friday and loading up the camper and going out and enjoying the great outdoors uh, is still possible, but mm -hmm. it takes often a lot of phone calls You're and research. You're talking um, national parks? Those are the state, the state parks. The state parks. Mm -hmm. British Columbia has the same problem too. They oh, have no a lot, a lot of online reservations. That How about we're... like Corps of Engineer parks? I don't know. Because that's more national. One. You're still that's talking right. state. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, the idea uh, to get into a campground without a lot of advanced planning is a tricky thing to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been fortunate that we've been able to always find some place. You know, this campground might be full, but there might be one next door. But we've noticed in the East Coast, the prices are a lot higher than it a seems to be higher. in the That's West right. Coast. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so even though this, you know, a, a park might not be your first choice, it may be your only choice. And that may be why, because mm -hmm. they have so many seasonal spots that they can't accommodate someone who's coming in for a week or correct when i was writing that particular segment of the death spiral series mm -hmm. i was at a campground that was completely full and nobody was there because of the 130 sites they had there they only had 10 available for overnight guests and the rest were all seasonals and they were only showing up on friday through sunday right yeah so therefore when you're traveling and that's why people get an rv to travel it's hard for them to find a campground if it's all sold out to seasonals. Yeah, mm -hmm. and not everybody is going to plan out their year ahead so they can say, I'm going to be in Idaho, I better make my reservations. That's right, but yeah. I think experienced RVers know that they'd better button down Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day before yeah. they get too far into the year. Otherwise, right. they're going to uh, right. have, have some problems getting those weekends. Well, back to the manufacturers and the quality control mm -hmm. issues that have been really rampant since we were became full-timers in 2007 and we bought our new RV in 2006. And we know that there was a certain uh, percentage of value of the RV that was built in for repairs that's mm -hmm. going to go to warranty issues with the dealership. So are you thinking that that will change as as manufacturers do a better job of getting the RV out that maybe huh, will the prices come down because they don't have to build in that warranty <laughs> money? <laughs> well, I hope so. I think that's that's the weak point right now is that the manufacturers are dropping the ball. 
because the things they are shipping out of the factories to the dealers, the dealers have to take technicians out of their service center mm -hmm. to work on these brand new RVs mm -hmm. to fix the problems that they notice when they arrive. Mm -hmm. And so they're spending that time fixing it to get it into sale ready, or I guess show ready condition. And then when somebody comes in and buys it, they do another what's called pre-delivery inspection and make right. sure everything is working again. Then they pull another technician off the service center to fix the problems discovered in the PDI to make it deliverable. Mm -hmm. So when it goes out to the, main, or to the buyer, it, it should be in working order. Right. Yeah. That's not always now, the case, though. Right yeah. now, most of the RVs that we have in the U.S. and in Canada are made right here in the U.S. and Canada. Correct. correct? Yes. Do you see that changing? I do indeed. In fact, it's changing at this show. There's a, a European company called Heimer that uh, has been huge in the caravanning market, which is much bigger than uh, the RVing market here in the United States. Okay. Caravanning is more popular in Europe and England. Yeah. And Heimer has showed up at this show and they are introducing a travel trailer. And they also just purchased Road Trek, which is a Class B manufacturer. So that's how that connection between Road Trek and Heim Heimer is. Is, yep. mm -hmm. is they actually purchased Road Trek. That's correct. So because oh. of the quality issue, I think what the European manufacturers are saying, we may have a market over here in the United States for our, our products. So and do you think the products overseas then are of a better quality? Than you know, the I can't say US? that. Still too new. It's, well, I, I've not used them. Yeah. So and we, although we cover international news, we really don't do a lot. I haven't been over to. You haven't taken your RV across the pond. I have not taken the RV across <laughs> the pond, or even flown across the pond, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there's so much to see here in the U.S. that Absolutely. it's hardly. I can't say worth it. I don't mean mm -hmm. that because there's lots in Europe, and I appreciate all mm -hmm. the history and everything over there. But there's so much to see here that you don't have to go anywhere else. That's true. One, one trend that I've noticed in the industry that I find really appealing is the number of younger families with children that are hitting the road full time. Mm -hmm. And they're road schooling their kids is what they call oh, it. Oh, road schooling. Road I love schooling. that term. Isn't that a cool term? Yes. There's a group out there called full-time families. Uh -huh. And that's all they do is they have almost 1,600, 1,700 members right now with nice. school-aged children that are roaming the country, and the things they're doing with those kids are absolutely incredible. Living history. Living history is absolutely right. Yeah. So last week when I was up at a rally, they were doing a colonial rally because they were in New York. And so they had about 60, 70 families up there, and they were doing things that were reminiscent of the colonial times and studying about colonial history. So they may set up a location, and then if you're in the area, and you're part of that group, you would come and partake and be a part of that mm -hmm. yep. activity. But they also form a lot of friendships. So you'll see families, small groups of families traveling together for oh, a month or two. And then sure. they split apart and they go do something else. But I it's really neat. I love it. I know. We, when I, we met a couple. Um, I forget where it was now. I don't know. And they were doing that with their children and mm -hmm. homeschooling. And uh, I think it might have been in California. And boy, they were, the kids were so nice and they were so polite oh, and they seemed so smart. That's right. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> they really, really are. In fact, when I met them in Tucson last year, they had a bunch of training or schooling that was taking place out in the desert. They were learning about desert wildlife and mm -hmm. desert plants and things like that. And mm -hmm. then at night they were going up to one of the observatories right outside of uh, uh, Tucson and uh -huh. talking with the astronomers who are teaching them about the stars and the planets and right. they were looking through the, the telescopes themselves looking at galaxies and things like that yes. and, and learning about it at the same time. When that rally was over 
Some of them were headed over to San Diego, and I guess the Scripps Institute mm -hmm. had a special program set up for them to teach the children about oceanography and ocean wildlife and plants and all that good stuff. Then nice. they donned their snorkel equipment and they were uh, floating over an underwater county park. I want to be a kid again. I know, especially. I bet <laughs> if I could have done that, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you have really taken to this RV lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I have. It's, a, it's a, been a lot of fun. It's been a great journey and I'm glad I had the opportunity. And you get to see your adult children more often now? Well, no, that's the problem is we've got one in Illinois, one in Wisconsin, and one in Phoenix. But uh, having the RV does allow me to see them and not interfere in their daily routine because right. Grandpa can go back to his RV and not have to sleep on the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah, been right. so much fun getting to know you a little bit, Greg, and well, to find you. out a little bit more about RV Daily Report. and what may or may not be happening with the RV industry. Mm -hmm. um, if someone wants to subscribe to RV Daily Report, what should they do? Just visit the website at www.rvdailyreport.com and click on the subscribe button. Okay. And can I also mention that we have a consumer website called Absolutely. letsrv.com. Oh, super. We do the same thing that we do for the industry in RV Daily Report. We aggregate all of the cool blog stories and feature stories that other people are publishing. Mm -hmm. And we put that in Let's RV and send out a daily newsletter for that too. Nice. Oh, I'm going to ask you one more quick question. Sure. Do you have people that help you? I do. I have both. Because <laughs> this is an awful lot for one person. I have a part-time assistant editor who lives in Montana, and okay. I have a part-time web editor who is actually my youngest daughter who lives oh, in sweet. Illinois. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Thanks so yeah. much, Greg. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. We'll be back next month with more. Have a great day.